So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. If you could take SmackDown and bottle it and sell it as a sleeping pill, then they'd make a billion dollars. Because when you're sitting there watching, you're going, oh, God, when is this thing over? Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, the new media forbidden door, SP3, back again with the wrestling legend himself, the greatest mustache in the biz, Dutch Mantel. And we're here for a special pre-recorded edition of Smack Talk. We're not talking about SmackDown. We're not talking about Rampage this time, Dutch. We're talking about the hottest news stories coming out of SummerSlam weekend. Dutch Mantel, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I want you to know that you're the reason that I'm up at, at like 8 o'clock in the morning. I never get up. On weekends, sometimes I don't get up. And sometimes I get up at 12. But this morning I got up just for you, Sid. I got up at about 8 o'clock and got to moving around. All right, so what's the uh, latest news out of SummerSlam? Well, the, the big news going into SummerSlam weekend is, of course, the shakeup in WWE. You got Vince McMahon retiring, uh, Stephanie and Nick Khan taking over as co-CEOs, Triple H taking over as EVP of Talent Relations, replacing John Laronitis, and taking over all creative duties for the main roster in Vince McMahon's place. So first, I want to ask you about Vince McMahon. When did you first meet the creator the the person that brought wrestling to the forefront Vince McMahon uh I first met Vince McMahon I think it was in the 90s when I went there I mean in in person uh and I just got booked there and that's when I ended up with the with the Blue Brothers yeah you know Don and Don and Ronnie uh and I met him there personally but I remember, I do, I'm just remembering now that about two years before that time, he just called me out of the blue and wanted to talk for some reason. You know, and he was just saying, hey, I'm just checking on you and this. And I never met him. He'd heard of me, and of course I'd heard of him, but I never personally met him. And I just remember that he called me up and, and just wanted to chat about wrestling and how we were doing it in Memphis or how do we do it in Memphis and 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 I didn't talk to him again for two years so so I don't know why he called I guess he got lonely or something to wanted somebody to talk to so I talked to him about 10 or 15 minutes and then again like I said I didn't talk to him again for two years so and then I met him when I went up there to manage the Blue Brothers and I just I mean, I was never really, really close to him. I was just around him. 
but I would watch him from a distance. And sometimes you can learn a lot just by watching. Yeah. Just by watching and listening. And instead of talking so much, listen and you'll learn something. That's what I used to try to tell younger guys in the business. You don't know everything. Actually, you don't know anything. So instead of talking so much and putting yourself over, why don't you listen and learn how things work? Then that will help you better in the long run. Letting people know. And did, did Vince ever call you like after the fact, like any times that yeah, you were out of the up. company? He called me an SOB one time. I remember that. He just called me up and just said, hey, you so much. I said, okay, and I hung up for no reason. So what was the question now? <laughs> <laughs> you, need, you need to be a little more serious with this, really. So yeah, what was me. the second question? Uh, no, I was saying, did he, since he called you, you know, before you were with uh, WWE, WWF back then, uh, did he ever call you like periodically in the times that you were away from the company? Uh, no, not really. He called me one time when we were getting ready to take on uh, uh, Claudio into the Real Americans. And he called me up, gotcha, Vince. <laughs> like with that voice, you wouldn't know. And then he asked me, he says, he told me, he said, I'm thinking about putting uh, uh, Claudio with you guys. And uh, he said, how do you think that would work? Because my deal was like anti-immigration, anti-illegals. You know, that was my whole deal. And he said, how can we make that work? I said, well, that's very easy. And I had never really thought about it before, taking on another partner for, for Jack. But I said, you know, he did it the right way. He came in, waited in the line. He just didn't cross the border to come in, so... He's one of the good ones. And he said, oh, yeah, that'll work. That'll work. And I talked to him about 10 minutes, and he was gone. And the next week, you know, we took him on. Well, he just showed up with us, and we got that to talk about. And then, out of the clear blue, one night on Raw, and this was the day after he won uh, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. This was the day after he won that, and they took him away and put him with Heyman. And they explained it to me, well, we want to get some heat on him. I said, really? You want to get heat on him? I said, how, Paul's, how is Paul going to, what's he going to do? Well, it turned out he did absolutely nothing because about a month later, you know, he was, he was back by himself again. Cesaro was, he was just Cesaro again by himself and just floundering. He'd have been, it'd have, we'd have all been better off if they'd have left Cesaro with us. I mean, I think Jack and Cesaro made a great team. They had a great gimmick. I could get enough heat just talking. All they had to do is go in there and bust their ass and get, and get the match over. So I think that was a missed opportunity there, a big one. So, but now with Vin, that was Vince's idea. Uh, now thinking back on that with Vince gone, I think these ideas won't be so far-fetched, so to speak. I think they'll make a little more sense. And remember, Vince is the one who put me with. Uh, uh, 
what's the guy? Uh, Alberto. Yes. That, yes. He put me was... with him. For what reason, I don't know. But he explained it to me. He says, well, you've been gone and you come back. And everybody think you're coming back with Jack, but you come back with Del Rio. You like it? Well, I didn't like it. <laughs> but, you know, you got to be careful disagreeing with stuff there because then you become like an impediment to them. Like you're not, you're not a team player. They gave you a chance, but all of a sudden you turned it down. Who knows where that line of questioning will go? Yeah. But I didn't like it. But I didn't speak up. It's my fault. I'm, I'm, I'll take credit for that. So about a month later, Vince asked the creative road dog, told me this. He asked creative, what do we do with a sale in Del Rio? Crickets. Silence. Because everybody knew it was kind of a far-fetched, not stupid, but it could have led to something else. And I gave them an idea and they didn't like the idea either, I guess. So it just, that was another opportunity that was missed. What we was your idea? Well, my idea was that Jack intercepts us in the ring and, and literally cusses me out. He said, you mean I followed you for a year and you just a liar and you, you didn't mean anything you said and blah, blah, blah. I said, no, Jack, I, I didn't do that to you. And, you know, and he comes down there and I was on like crutches. If he would kick one of those crutches out and I fall down, then Del Rio goes out to defend me and he backs Jack up the ramp. And he says, hey, if you want to pick on somebody, pick on somebody who will fight back or that can fight back. Now, if you want it, let's go right now. But now he's passed me up the ramp a little bit and I get up and I get my crutch. And when he comes back, right when he turns, I hit him, bam. And then we beat the crap out of him. Now it's apparent that this whole thing was a setup to get Del Rio and it would have worked. But they went, oh no, it's not odd. See, the, there's a key to pitching angles with Vince or the, or the, or the group. And you got to go in there and start talking to them and have them kind of adds a little bit to it. And they end up thinking it's their idea. <laughs> so if you can get your idea and get them thinking it's their idea, well, you made. But I never could get them to thinking that it was their idea. So it didn't go anywhere. So. There you go. Uh, well, with Triple H now taking over, he said in an interview over SummerSlam weekend that he's looking for different ideas from either the talent, from, uh, you know, different people like Paul Heyman. He's open to any type of, you know, feedback or ideas that he's going to hear. What do you think Triple H will bring to the table in his new role as head of creative? Well, I think he'll bring a little bit of order. Everything won't be... And you know, we, we watch SmackDown every Friday night. Yeah. If I think if you could take SmackDown and bottle it and sell it as a sleeping pill, then they'd make a billion dollars. Because when you're sitting there watching, you're going, oh God, when is this thing over? It's just because nothing happens out of the ordinary. Now, what made wrestling what it was before? Things happening. 
Things True. happened out of the blue. Why did that happen? Oh my God, I never thought I'd see this. That's what made Memphis wrestling back in the day. Because we do do some crazy stuff on Monday night, come to Saturday morning TV and it was live. Then we'd add to that and all of a sudden we had an angle. You could actually go from doing a half a house on Monday to settling out the next Monday in the span of seven days. See, WWE, they don't have that turnaround time because a lot of times they tape in advance and and it kind of and then people know what it is and especially now with the internet they pick things apart but if you can do with, with live tv such as raw and as smackdown they can do those things so i hope they do that i think it'll be a little more uh current and a little more on the spot and I, let me tell you this you know how long has it been since Lawler and uh, Andy Kaufman? I think 40 this, years. Yeah, it's been over 40, 40 Yeah, for about 40, 40 years, years. Yeah. And that was one of the greatest. I called it an angle. But we did a we did a uh, a series. You know that uh, that Vice Network out with the dark side of the ring. They're doing another one called the Territories. So they did Memphis, and I think they did Florida, and they did Mid-Atlantic, Texas, Calgary. I mean, they just did, you know, different territories. But they, we were doing Memphis, and I just found, I found, I'm sitting right next to all of them when we did it. But I didn't know that it wasn't an angle because it was booked on the spot. You know that time they called the ambulance to get... Andy Kaufman? Yeah. That wasn't planned. Kaufman called for it. And then Lawler, first, he was walking around the ring right after the match, and he told the referee, get get Andy out of here. He said he won't leave. He wants an ambulance. He said, you tell that son of a bitch. I'm not spending $300 for an ambulance. And he said, well, he'll pay for it. He said, all right, bring the ambulance. And that's what made it. You brought the ambulance, slowed the show down, took him out, and he laid in the hospital for three days and wasn't even hurt. But so when I'm watching this, I went, wow, what? I mean, and I went out of my way for them not to tell me what was going to happen because I was having such a great time watching it as, as a fan and wondering, where is this going now? But Lana told me, no, that wasn't the angle. We're not that smart, <laughs> but Andy called for and called it on the spot, which is why I'm getting I'm getting to this because now Raw and SmackDown, they have the ability to do that. I mean, I doubt if a talent would call it upon himself to do it, but with, with Triple H there, I think we're going to see a kind of I hope I hope we see a much better pro, uh, a product and a product that's more, you know, closely knit not spread out all over the place. But I think uh, Triple H, because I think the talent trusts him more than they trust Vince, because I think, and they won't tell you this, but I think they felt in their head that Vince was kind of out of touch with yeah. the modern day product. And I'm out of touch with the modern day product because hell, it's just entrances. And, you know, and if they have done the same shit on SmackDown and Raw for years, that opening monologue, you know they're going to do it. 
And then, I mean, I don't know why they hadn't changed that up. What I would do, well, one of the first thing I'd do, I'd open with a match in progress. Just get right to it. Because, hey, we're going to pack as much into this as we can, especially on a two-hour show. Get your match going and have the people on their feet when you come on, on the air. That's the way to get them, I think. I mean, uh, initially, to say, well, my match is already in the ring. We don't got to wait on this damn slow-ass damn monologue to develop. Because, you know, they take five minutes coming in, at least. Yeah. You know, go out there and then he gets in the ring, Roman acknowledge me everybody knows that so they know the first seven minutes of the show every week so what is so you could tune in late when i watch smackdown i don't watch it for the first 30 minutes i just tape it so i can show up 30 minutes later and watch it because nothing nothing happens nothing but i think well, uh, back to your question i don't mean to ramble all over the place but back to your question i think triple h will have a better rapport with the talent and I think people won't be so uh, skittish to pitch him their ideas. I think they were skittish when Vince was there. Because, you know, Vince would sit there and think about it. Catch the shits. <laughs> and then you go out the door and you're going, oh, God. <laughs> he hates my idea. <laughs> now, you're, now you're not confident in yourself. <laughs> no, and I think Triple H will he, uh, cure a lot of that. And you know, we've been seeing subtle changes over the past week since Triple H has been head of creative. Raw started off with a brawl that was already in progress between Logan Paul and The Miz. You that's have some, good. See, they already, yeah. see, I've forgotten they've done that. But yeah. to me, that's I love that. Yeah. Started in, with something going on. See, they've yeah, already adopted one of my ideas, and I'm not even there.